0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand. Here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast, I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email the program, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at SteveDace.com. Show. I want to apologize in advance. I bit my tongue bad earlier this morning. Can you guys tell the difference? No. Is it a little off? No. Because I'm having a hard time internally enunciating as clearly as I typically do.
2: There's a little bit of ush on the "s." Yeah, is there? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I bit my tongue this morning. Just I want to warn everybody. I'm playing hurt. First world problems. I was, I was questionable on the injury report. It's a big game today. So put me in, coach. I'm here. I bit my tongue. Do you have any really soaring music, Aaron, for
0: the highlights of this
1: episode? I got all hulked up. I How can about do this. A, yackety sax? Does that work? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, it, it does. does. <laughs> yeah, it, I'll allow it. It's a, it's a quality put down. Yes. I will allow it. There we go. Fire it up. I'm ready to go. I don't even know the audience. Can they hear this? Oh yeah. I think so. Okay. All right. I think so. <laughs> okay.
2: Not sure it's it's coming. From, oh, no, no. Our video on demand audience will not be. Okay, cool.
1: Sorry, guys. All right. So people are often wondering, hey, Todd, you're always saying, listen to the crazy voices in my head. There was literally a crazy song in my head. It fired me up. I'm ready to go. All right. Coming up today, we are going to have our Wednesday fun known as buy, Seller hold the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us here towards the end of the program. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by Masks, Masks, and More Masks. Your second question was, I couldn't hear you. The can, second you can you take it up because I cannot hear I'll, you? I'll just speak louder, sir. Oh, okay, good. You want to be politically correct. Go ahead. The debate over mask wearing is being dialed up to 11 across the country. Presumptive Democrat presidential nominee Joe Biden says... Do
3: you think wearing a mask projects strength or weakness?
2: Leadership. What it presents and projects is leadership. Presidents are supposed to lead not engage in folly and be falsely masculine. Reminds me of the guys that I grew up with playing ball. They'd walk around with a ball in their hand, but they didn't like to hit very much. Yesterday, just days after being seen in public taking selfies with people unmasked, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam announced face covering would be mandatory in all public places in his state starting on Friday. And now super happy fun times with MSNBC. Just this weekend, they had a guest on who said, I'm going to say this for the benefit of your family. I know you have young kids for my family and for all Americans. We should make masks mandatory in public. In completely unrelated news, just 24 hours later, this happened. So are the people there just not worried about it, Cal? Are they not worried about their own personal safety?
0: I haven't met anybody who is. I met some folks actually from Lake Geneva who lived in the area. They were staying a few miles outside of town where I were. And they said they're worried about it. They're worried about that second spike. They're worried about folks coming in from Chicago. But they'll quickly add at the same time, this is a place that relies on that business. I think people here want a little bit more funding when it comes to these programs so that they could stay closed. But again, I think people felt like the Supreme Court made the decision here in Wisconsin that it was time to open up. But you can see here, just around. Nobody's wearing them. Nobody's. Uh, the cameraman. There you go, including the
2: cameraman. Yeah. Katie. Striking images. For those of you who were listening, that video shows an MSNBC crew on location in Wisconsin attempting to shame people for not wearing masks when a passerby remarks that half the MSNBC crew on that location isn't wearing masks either. The man's video surfaced yesterday as well, and it indeed shows the MSNBC cameraman and a crew member not wearing a mask. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer was asked whether she and her family were violating her own stay-at-home orders by visiting their second home.
0: My husband did go up to our place in Antrim County and raked some leaves
2: and came home. Ew! Is that code for some kind of weird sex act? Meanwhile, also in Michigan, this hairdresser had her Miranda rights read to her while she shaved a man's head.
3: Because of this, you guys need to get straight
2: Meanwhile, meanwhile, also also in Michigan, a gay swingers club called Club Taboo has been allowed to operate in various locations around the state. This entire time, because apparently getting your rocks off with strangers is more essential than getting your hair cut. Meanwhile, 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 also, also, also in Michigan, it was revealed that a 20 year old man who beat an elderly nursing home patient in Detroit to a pulp, supposedly for kicks and giggles, was placed in that nursing home because he had COVID-19. The disturbing video of the incident went viral late last week and it shows the 20-year-old man who reports say is mentally disturbed beating and punching a terrified elderly man till he bleeds. A new Australian study under peer review purportedly shows human manipulation of Wuhan coronavirus as opposed to the natural occurrence we've been told has been the case. Remember last week when the CDC issued new guidance for how coronavirus spreads, saying it doesn't spread on surfaces? Well, the CDC has somewhat reversed course, saying that it may be possible to spread from person to person via touching a contaminated surface after all. New data shows 42% of all COVID-19 deaths in the United States have come from nursing homes. When New York State is excluded, that number jumps to 52%. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, your thoughts? We all failed at that business, right? All the early national experts, uh,
1: here's my projection model, here's my projection model. They were all wrong.
2: They were all
1: wrong. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> New York Times headline CDC warns of aggressive rats searching for food during shutdowns. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is that's not a very nice thing to say about the Cuomo brothers violent protests broke out in Minneapolis yesterday in response to the death of a man after he was accosted by police video of the incident went viral showing the police kneeling on a man's neck for several minutes before paramedics showed up the man was later pronounced dead at a Minneapolis hospital the four officers involved with the incident have been fired and the FBI is investigating the case YouTube confirmed yesterday it's been accidentally deleting comments on videos containing certain phrases which insult China Communist Party. The NHL announced their plans to resume their season, saying they'll be abandoning their regular season and going straight to a 24-team playoff. No date for the National Hockey League's return has been announced yet. And finally, in the midst of left-wing legacy and digital media companies laying off their staff, comedian Ryan Long takes a look inside the life of a newly fired ex-Vice writer. Monday morning, I woke up to the news that I'm being let go from my position at
0: Vice Magazine. And this comes after years of dedicating my life to writing articles like A Woman's Guide to Tucking in Your Dick. Yes, there are trans animals. Why some men choose to remove their penis. The Kim OG app doesn't work for Grinder. And a modest take on why men terrorize women with poop. You know, we had 2,000 people writing articles like this and now it's down to 1,750 tops. It's not
2: enough. I guess the world doesn't think it needs journalism anymore? I honestly don't even know what I'm gonna do without my $12,000 a year base salary. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Dude, that is some brilliant commentary. Aaron's montage brought to you by keeps Kyle and Josh were both losing their hair no shock since the dreaded male pattern baldness gene ran in their families but the way they each dealt with their hair loss could not have been more different Kyle kept putting off getting a hair loss treatment losing more hair by the day meanwhile Josh went to keeps to learn how to keep his hair Because Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. Therefore, they're the real deal. But since they're the generic versions, Josh saved a fortune as well. And all it took was a quick online consultation. He answered a few questions, snapped a few pics of his hair, and then a doctor evaluated everything and recommended the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for Josh. He never had to even leave his couch, and it was shipped discreetly to his door as well. If you want to get started, you want to follow after Josh's lead, I got you half. Half off your first order right now. That's right. Half off at keeps.com slash grow. Half off your first order today at keeps.com slash grow. The video of the gentleman in the football jersey. Running film back in real time on an MSNBC camera crew. Pointing out that not even their crew is all wearing masks. While they attempt to shame America into wearing one. That is your early leader when we are sitting here in December. I think that video is your early leader for video clip of the year. I mean that. Journalism is magical, Steve. Yeah, there's one person doing journalism there. And it's, it's not the guy in front of the camera. And... We're now to the point with masks. Now I, I, I have no idea their efficacy now because it's not about that. It's not about any of that. It's about what can we do to get control, power, and control. Absolutely, I would imagine there are some situations. It's probably okay to wear, probably prudent to wear a mask. I mean, if you are out in public, if you have autoimmune deficiency, or you are a diabetic, like our friend Robino. You know, might not be the worst idea in the world to be going around wearing a mask when you're indoors. You don't ever, you should never have to wear one outdoors. I, I mean, that's the same advice I give to my own family based on the research I've done. You should never have to wear one outdoors. But indoors, I could see some situations where it would be a prudent course of action, but we're not going to debate prudent courses of action because this is now just simply about power and control. The mask now is the, is the defining symbol of the 2020 election wearing one is for the for 95% of the people wearing them everywhere is is your virtue signal that you're better than everyone else and not wearing one for 95% of the people not wearing one is your is your badass gesture you know sticking it to the man that's where we're going to be now we we can't this country is so polarized we cannot have an honest conversation about anything we can't find a nuance or a distinction or a prudent course of action about anything and I thought for a few years that I could withstand it and push back against it. But then the other side just decided, let's just have a full-blown civil war. And now you, you, I don't think I'm afforded the luxury of it, really. You know, because the option is, oh, you've got a gun at my head every day. I mean, you've got a gun at my head every minute. I mean, doesn't it seem like 20 years ago I used to go on Katie Tour's show? How would that even work if I, it work now? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what, what would the conversation be now? Why are you wearing a mask in your studio? How come you're not wearing a mask out and about? Okay. Well, I guess, I guess we're done here. I mean, there's literally no way to have a meaningful dialogue because everything now is narrative. Everything's agate prop. Everything is. I told you last week right here on the show, I didn't buy the CDC report on the infected services. Did I not sit here and say you did? I, I warned, I warned you. Don't, don't listen to that. Keep disinfecting your services.
0: That should be a show theme since uh, early March. Told don't, you. Li- don't listen to that.
1: <laughs> told you. <laughs> we might have to drop, assume you're being lied to, and instead, yes. insert, don't listen to that. All right. I, I told you last week, all the research I've done, I didn't believe that you c- infected surfaces. I, I, in fact, I, still, I think their correction is wrong. And I think that's also one of the reasons these indoor environments like these nursing homes that everybody touched and is touching surfaces all the time were petri dishes just like the MTA in New York City that they didn't daily sanitize until April 29th was the day they began daily sanitization of the mass transit system in New York City, April 29th. I think a few people might have died before then. And why did I think this? Because I did the research. Trying to figure out, hey, where'd the second wave of the first SARS come from? And I actually read, like, peer-reviewed studies. You know what it found? Came from indoor fomite environments. But if you were listening to this show, like, two months ago, you would have learned that information. So apparently I need to rename this show CDC while I'm at it. Because apparently we're better at this than they are, too. Or maybe, maybe, maybe one of us is just trying to find the most accurate and honest information to be responsible for his own family and the family of viewers that entrust a couple of hours of their day to him every day. And the other is called CDC. Maybe that's just what it is. I'm, I'm maybe it's just, I'm not better at this. I'm just interested in what's right and best to recommend for uh, the people I love and the people like you in our audience that keep me employed. Maybe just having that motivation just makes you better at this. And if you have other motivations, You know, like, knowing in advance you're going to put out data on a Friday that shows that except if you're in a nursing home, it's a bad flu season, you choose on Thursday to put out, knowing in advance you're going to do this the next day. You still come out with ridiculous guidelines that you have to turn every damn kid into John Travolta's boy in the plastic bubble to go back to school this year. Our CDC is a criminal exercise. Everybody there ought to be fired or in prison. At least the ones calling the shots. This is what a failed state looks like. Indeed. Indeed it does. But here's what I'm about to tell you this morning. They are not alone. I want to present to you this morning a list of people who should all be in prison. All the people I'm about to name and give you, all of them, every last one of them, should be behind bars. Here's why. Almost two-thirds of all coronavirus deaths in America, 62%, have occurred in six states. Connecticut, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. Yet collectively, these six states only account for 18% of the total U.S. population. So what happened here? Why was there so much more death there in these six states compared to everywhere else? Because since early April, a majority of deaths nationwide from coronavirus have occurred in long-term elderly care. And those were the six states whose governors ordered their nursing homes to repopulate their facilities with COVID-19 infected. These are their names. Get to know them. These are the governors. Lamont in Connecticut. Baker in Massachusetts. Whitmer in Michigan. Murphy in New Jersey. Cuomo in New York. Wolf in Pennsylvania. They are the six governors that made this morally reprehensible decision that killed thousands. But they're also not alone. On March 13th, the Centers for Medicare Medicare and Medicaid Services, which was charged with implementing CDC guidelines for the handling of COVID-19 within our nation's nursing homes, issued a memo that day that included the following guideline. And I quote, nursing homes should admit any individuals that they would normally admit to their facility, including individuals from hospitals where a case of COVID-19 was or is present. The guideline goes on to instruct nursing homes to install a separate wing for those coming and going from the hospital to be observed for 14 days to see if they exhibit symptoms. So this instruction was clearly meant to encourage states to risk readmitting COVID-19 infected into their nursing homes. The memo was issued by this man, David R. Wright, the director of CMS Quality and Safety Oversight. He, along with everyone else in the organization who signed off on this, should also be criminally prosecuted. So the governors implemented this morally reprehensible policy. They should all be impeached and then prosecuted. The CMS instructed it, and everyone in their chain of command should be criminally prosecuted. But who inspired it? Where did the original idea for this heinous policy, one of the worst? This is our generation's Agent Orange, folks. This is our generation's MKUltra. This is our generation's Japanese internment camps. One of the absolute most morally reprehensible policies in American history. And certainly one of the worst of this era. Where did this idea come from? That we had to reinfect nursing homes with COVID 19 infected. It came from here. The IHME model from the University of Washington and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was taken as gospel and used by doctors Fauci and Burks to convince President Trump to extend the lockdowns 30 days beyond the original 15 days to flatten the curve. We could write an entire book. On all the wrong projections made by this trash model, which enslaved this country all spring. For example, IHME told Governor Cuomo his state was going to need 140,000 hospital beds to deal with this pandemic. We only have one city in Iowa. My whole state only has one city with more than 140,000 people in it. And that's how many hospital beds... IHME told governors like Cuomo they were going to need. Except what actually happened is Governor Cuomo then emptied his hospitals, anticipating this was the stand. And that included repopulating nursing homes with discharged COVID-19 infected. This is also why these other governors, they did it for that reason, too. We had to empty the hospitals. We have to clear the deck. It's the end of the world. Except... Here's what actually happened in New York. New York never needed more than 19,000 hospital beds, even at the pandemic's peak. Now, that is still a serious outbreak, but not one that turned the state into Lombardy, Italy by any means. They were never close to being completely overrun, as IHME warned. Now, I, I tried to find, is there, is there a benefit of the doubt for these governors? that they took a terrible suggestion and ran with it. But here's the problem with offering that to them. These same governors also said, take the healthy children and send them all home from school. Take the healthy adults, close down all their businesses and send them home from work. So on one hand, you thought that this was potentially devastating enough that you had to send the healthiest populations home to be quarantined. But then on the other hand, You recklessly chose to reinfect the most vulnerable populations? How do these instincts, how do they jive?
0: Hail Hydra.
1: Exactly. You cannot reconcile these instincts. It doesn't make any sense. It's either you're bipolar or something else is going on. And that's why they all need to be criminally prosecuted to find out if or what the something else that was going on was. And they are welcome in a court of law under oath with their own attorneys and representatives to prove, no, we just are that bad at this. Or was it malfeasance? But that's why there's no benefit of the doubt. Because the instincts that that, that drove them to make the decisions they made don't reconcile. Let's continue with the IHME model. Christopher Murray is the director of the IHME model, which was the origin of all the domestic doomsday prophecies that never happened but did cause thousands of elderly to die and our entire economy to tank. He inspired this morally reprehensible move. He should also be criminally prosecuted. The way we've handled this pandemic is a series of the worst management decisions any nation has ever made, and we continue to come out from underneath it slower than any other industrialized nation on earth to rectify this We need accountability. We need criminal Nuremberg-like tribunals. We need ultimate transparency because this was the greatest threat to our way of life we have faced in a generation. Therefore, we need to make an example of all those involved so that this never happens again. Gentlemen, your thoughts.
0: Uh, I'm as proud to sit on your right as any moment I've ever been in however many years I've been here because of that. And this is not some Johnny-come-lately search for clicks. We've reminded you of this before, but we'll always remind you of it. Going all the way back to early March. We sat here in this room, sometimes behind these cameras over here. But a lot of it is on camera. We told you, stop panicking. We were certain at that time, and we said on air, one thing we know about this is protect these people. The the one thing that should have been done, no matter what else they did, they didn't do. Not only did they not do it, they did the exact opposite. They endangered these people because of all of this panic. We begged, we pleaded with you months ago in early March. This was a time for American heroism and ingenuity. The rest of us, because we even knew back then, there's a lot, like Scott Ackles has reminded you, even all the things we don't know about this thing, you just don't throw out hundreds of years of understanding of immunology of what you could do, which is why I said on Twitter this weekend, we would have been better off taking 10- and 20-year-olds and and literally putting them in rings around these uh, elderly care centers, like J- the Times of Jericho, and protecting them from the de- disease getting them. That would have been a much better plan than what these experts did. We've known this. Because we've known this, the fact that there are just zero good answers about why we didn't do it is why justice is demanded just like in aaron's montage about how minneapolis they are marching in the streets now demanding justice for the knee on the neck of that man that killed him there has been a knee on our neck from the so-called experts for so long and now in cities like dallas they're talking about eight percent increases in property taxes it's just the beginning folks of what has happened to this country because of what the experts have wrought. Justice is absolutely demanded.
2: I'd kinda of like to wrap up or may not wrap up, but maybe tie into a bow how we first started this segment talking about the masks and how this is just a tool of bludgeoning for the virtue signalers and the power hungry. March 17th, if you allow me to read this for a little bit. This is Dr. John Ioannidis, the epidemiologist from Stanford. We've talked about him multiple times. This is part of what he wrote on March 17th for Stat News. Quote, adding these extra sources of uncertainty, reasonable estimates for the case fatality ratio in the U.S. general population vary from 0.05% to 1%. That huge range markedly affects how severe the pandemic is, And what should be done? A population-wide case fatality rate of 0.05% is lower than seasonal influenza. If that is the true rate, locking down the world with potentially tremendous social financial consequences may be totally irrational. It's like an elephant being attacked by a house cat. Frustrated and trying to avoid the cat, the elephant accidentally jumps off a cliff and dies. Could the COVID-19 case fatality rate be that low? No, some say, pointing to the high rates in elderly people. However, even some so-called mild or common cold-type coronaviruses that have been known for decades can have a a case fatality rate as high as 8% when they infect elderly people in nursing homes. End quote. That's from March 17th, Dr. John Ioannidis. From Stanford University and yet we listen to IHME University of Washington how this ties back into what we what we started with one of the clips in the montage today was a was a doctor from the University of Washington over the weekend saying on MSNBC oh, I think we should make mask mandatory and the entire mask wearing mandatory in the entire country We listened to those type of people. Now, almost three months later, we didn't listen to John Ioannidis. Why? Why? Everything he wrote that I just read for you, basically all of that has become true. And he didn't even have hard data. He was just going on what, what the history of coronavirus looks like. He didn't even have hard data about this coronavirus yet. And we do now. His his CFR his case fatality rate projection or guesstimate was basically right on the money. Depending yep. on which ones you look at, but they're all trending in that direction. He even warned about the nursing homes, but we didn't listen to him. No, we listened to the bureaucrat bean counters in the in, in, in the CMS. We listened to the IHME. We listened to the CDC. Hail we listened Hydra. exactly. We listened to all the wrong sources and those same sources are the ones saying, you know what, we should wear masks now. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about anybody listening. I know, at least for me and probably the two other people uh, sitting in this room, um, if you if you believe anything any of these sources say about this particular issue and really anything else, but especially this one or anything having to do with epidemiology, uh, I've got a lab in Wuhan to sell you.
1: Well said. You know, there's no academic context in all of creation, where somebody at the University of Washington would be considered more qualified than Stanford University. Not one, except this one. They told us to trust the experts. Our show has been trusted in the whole time. There's experts and then there's charlatans with titles. home title lock when your life is in chaos your home is your safe haven your most important asset but do you truly own it don't be so sure imagine getting evicted for non-payment of a loan on your home that you never took out This happened to Deborah, and it's happening everywhere. It's called home title theft, and the FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crime waves in the country, which is why I urge you to get home title lock because your home's legal title is kept online, and thieves know this, so they'll forge your signature on your home's title, and that's it. They legally own your home, and they'll take loans out on it. Your bank doesn't cover you when this happens. Neither does your insurance. The only way I know of to avoid the nightmare of a possible eviction from your own home is with Home Title Lock. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. At HomeTitleLock.com, use the promo code Steve while you're there, and you'll get 30 free days of protection to help you get through this crisis as well. 30 free days of protection. When you go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Steve, at HomeTitleLock.com, Dot com i don't know how this this story actually broke right before memorial day weekend i have no idea how we missed it a few of you emailed me the link though that's why i always tell you even if i don't i can't respond to everybody by all means you know you never know if you're if you've got the needle in the haystack that we need to know you know what i'm saying especially if you're like I, i'm sure they saw this Always send us that stuff. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Don't take for granted we can see, we 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 see everything. Because I didn't know about this until several of you emailed it to me uh, and I saw it this morning in my inbox. This story is extraordinary. Uh, Bill Gertz over at the Washington Times who's been around covering uh, foreign policy and national security issues for decades. and uh, and And Bill says that India actually, published research on this on January 31st, but then under pressure from the Chinese government removed their findings, but they refused to disavow the Indian scientists. They refused to disavow their research, but they just removed their findings for peer review based on pressure from China. So here's what, here's what this, what, with with and I'm not, this is now we're getting beyond my, qualification level here because we're getting into the intricacies of virology okay but as best as i can understand reading through what they have found and they're so confident in what they have found they are putting this up for peer review all over the world review our findings what 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 these australian scientists are saying is that even though there is not any for, any form of a signature within the virus to indicate genetic inserts like it was artificially directed to to mutate in a certain way they agree they agree with all the other scientists out there that those sort of genetic signatures markers are nowhere in the virus's pathology however they also say that the way that this virus behaves towards humans compared to other coronaviruses its behavior is too abnormal to ignore And so what they began doing is seeing if they could find out what's novel coronavirus mean? Is it possible that it could just behave this abnormally to human hosts totally on its own? And what they found was they don't think that that's possible. And so therefore, if you don't think that's possible, I came up with a rational theory as to then, well, it doesn't it, it lacks the genetic markings of being artificially, um of, of being artificially manipulated, yet at the same at the same time, you're saying the virus's behavior within a human host doesn't line up with what we've known for decades of, st- of studying coronaviruses. So their explanation is they believe that the Chinese used natural methods in that lab in Wuhan, like spiked proteins and other things. They used natural methods, to stimulate a natural evolution in the virus. That the virus did naturally mutate from animal to animal, then animal to human, which is why it's called a novel coronavirus. That that did happen, but they gave it a little nudge. Now they think, they could have been messing around with it that way to see if they could naturally, it didn't have to be a nefarious motivation. They they could have been saying, hey, it, it, is this a way to develop a vaccine, for example, because they're fighting these infections in, in that part of the world all of the time. So they're not immediately saying that it was a nefarious motivation. But they're saying that this virus just behaves too abnormally to human hosts. To, to just be coincidence. And they believe that, the, that, the, that, in, that, it, that what the Chinese did is discovered a way to naturally nudge a virus within its own internal mechanism, nucleus, spike, spiking its proteins, things of that nature, that would then unlock its natural evolution. That that would then be the trigger for a virus that, to, to naturally mutate and evolve on its own. That's what they believe the Chinese did in this report.
2: Other than that, it has a wonderful singing voice.
1: Yes. Now, if this is true, if this is peer-reviewed and it stands up, I don't have to tell any of you in this audience with an IQ above 12. That has far-reaching ramifications. But it's okay, because China has signed up for the WHO doing an independent audit. So I'm sure we'll... Get the truth there as well. But um, I, I just felt like we needed to spend a couple of minutes breaking down what's in that report. You guys have any thoughts on that before we move on to buy, sell, or hold? I think that speaks for itself.
0: How do you like your Fauci underwear now? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's get to it. Buy, sell, or hold. We play this game every week. Aaron, with a little help from his friends, that's you in the audience. Uh, he selects a series of uh, statements, propositions, predictions, etc. Could be on any topic whatsoever. He throws it to you and I, Todd. We decide are we going to buy it or are we going to sell it. Maybe if you're lucky, we've got a good reason why. Once per week, we're permitted a hold. But if you do it for any reason other than this is just too lame for even my mediocre intellect to be wasted upon, you will be injected with coronavirus. Aaron.
2: All right. First up uh, this week, it is our colleague at uh, Blaze Media here, Chris Pandolfo, who says Skittles are better than M&Ms. He's fired.
1: Uh, It's a dude code violation to say some fruity candy, 11-year-old girls like, is better than the all-time chocolate, one of the all-time bedrock American-made chocolate staples. You're fired. That, that, that's another way of saying sell. Yeah, you're fired.
0: I will sell. Uh, I don't care as an... In, like, the dude code allows you to have... I mean, if it, basically now, here's what you need to do, Chris. You, you
1: need to, every day of the rest of your life, defend this. Agreed. If he doesn't backtrack, then that's, that's the paradoxical nature of the dude code. If you have an awful take, a very effeminate take even... But you are willing to then engage your undue levels of testosterone in order to defend it. Then the dude code respects your contrarian nature, right? True. Okay. But but you cannot, this can't be a hot take. No. No, you've got to, you have to own this poo. Okay. You got to be willing. You got to, you got to trump this thing. Triple down, quintuple down. All right. You got to tweet about Joe Scarborough's dead intern again. All right. You can't let it go.
0: When we have right. you on the overtime, you need to be wearing a necklace made of Skittles. It,
1: it needs to go that far. Yeah. Yes. Out. Yes. If you're willing to do that, then actually the dude code will 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 award you. But if this is your idea of a hot take, then well, be, Yeah. The dude code, uh, corporal punishment coming your way. Yes. Next up, Gia
2: Jesus Matthew 7:15 says UFOs are evidence that the most intelligent life forms on our planet don't support staying at home. <laughs>
1: That's that, uh, That's very funny, actually. I like that. I still can't believe. I said this to a few people. I was down in Dallas last week, just in the middle of the conversation or out of nowhere. So UFOs are legit, huh? Isn't it just bizarre? No one cares. I never cared, so I'm. No one cares about this. I mean, think of all the movies, the books, the documentaries. I mean, this has been a cottage industry in this country for a century. And finally, the government comes out and says, yeah, legit. And we're all like, do I wear a mask to Costco or not? (laughs) It's just bizarre to me. Like, no one cares about this. Um, But I love the humor, so I'll buy it. Sure, bye.
2: Andrew says, Steve will embrace wearing a mask when pumpkin spice scented masks are introduced in August. Bye.
1: Sadly, true. Bye. See, I'm, I'm going to own it, though. Yes, you will. Pumpkin spice is kind of my chick effeminate thing, all right? But I'm, I'm going to be buried in pumpkin spice, man. I want a pumpkin spiced casket. I want the last thing I smell before I wake up in eternity... To be pumpkin spice they ought to sell a pumpkin spice perfume if you guys are if you're, if you're a couple struggling to conceive slap some of that on the back of your neck all right I'm telling you pumpkin spice all the way that did i just make it weird always
2: when you do fun business always Uh, Bacon says the coordination to get behind Biden before Super Tuesday. Good grief. That seems like five years ago. Uh, The coordination to get behind Biden before Super Tuesday also involved the coordination to create the panic over coronavirus. This one's pretty bold.
1: Hmm. I'm going to sell because I think everything that happened with the necromancer resurrection of Joe Biden's lifeless body was intentional the entire time. I think this has largely been driven by, that doesn't mean I don't think any of it is intentional. That's not what I'm saying. But I think a lot of different people with different intents glommed onto this kind of organically at the same time. And it kind of, once it got uh, rolling downhill, it just kind of evolved that way. But I don't think it was entirely uh, coordinated at that level from the very beginning i think a lot of the psychoses we're wrestling with as a culture a lot of the spirit of the age that's infested us as a culture this just scratched all those itches is what i think occurred here and then when people saw the what 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 scratching that itch could get them then i think the second wave to borrow a pun i think the second wave is when we saw more of that coordination that you're talking about but i i don't think it was from the outset and to go back to what you said a minute ago remember when i said i'd never seen a political party do anything like what they did with joe biden remember when the deep existential conversations we had about mayor pete and the black vote sure remember ukraine remember that remember the president of the united states faced an impeachment vote for like only the fourth time or something in american history sure Remember the controversy over daring to bring Rush Limbaugh to the State of the Union and give him a what was it the Medal of Freedom or Medal of Honor one of those two? I do.
2: Remember the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? People forget that.
1: Yeah. It is it is today May 27th. All of those things occurred between when we came back on the air January the 6th to right now. Doesn't it seem like they all happened like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, or like they didn't happen. They happened before we worked together and we're just like recalling them jointly. That's a memory hole. Yeah. This stuff, this stuff has all happened. And I'm sure we could think of other things. This stuff has all happened since January the 6th. And it, remember when Bernie Sanders was inevitable, (laughs) right? I mean, it's, it's a maze balls, man. What are we gonna be talking about in August? And we're like, remember when we were when we were obsessed with coronavirus? And it was like that was never gonna end, right? What are we gonna be talking about then? I almost shudder to even contemplate that. Anyway, your turn, Todd. Hail Hydra.
2: Jim Stalker says the only thing lower than Lindsey Graham tea T level is the actual number of COVID deaths of otherwise healthy non-nursing home individuals.
1: Bye. Bye. That is that is that is well put. Bye. Yes.
2: Let's see. Andrew H. and I'm always
1: down for a Lindsey Graham T level blast. So I will admit if you if you go there, my standards are pretty low to what I'll buy on, just because I like I I like that. Yes. Bear N.J.
2: says President Trump, being a well-known germaphobe, highlights how a man's weakness is almost always exposed in a crisis.
1: Yeah, I think that's some of it. Sure. I don't think it's I don't think it's a driving force. I think it's part of the equation. This is also his hometown.
0: That's definitely more of the Okay. And I think I, I tend to agree
1: with you. I think that's even more of it. I think I think the germaphobe thing just kind of adds a layer of frosting to it. But I think a lot of it is this is his hometown. And if you've not been to New York City or Manhattan, I can't explain to you how much the name Trump is immersive with that with that community. Okay. I mean, I know right now and this is just temporary because of politics of the moment, he is seen by most people as primarily a divisive political figure, whether you love him or hate him, okay? But prior to this moment, he was a beloved figure by most people in that town. And what's the old saying? If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, right? And not to mention his age, he's pushing, he's into his 70s. The people that we're seeing dying are often in which age group? His, where did more people die than anywhere else? his hometown, his home state. I think those were a lot of the factors involved here too. And also you're dealing with a guy that comes from the Wharton School of Business and he's got the nation's leading infectious disease experts telling him, hey, two million people on your watch are gonna die if you don't do this. I don't fault him for that. I do fault him for saying, why don't we get a second opinion before yeah. we just risk a great depression? Any time, I don't care if it's your family doctor for 30 years, someone comes to you and gives you that level of a life or death diagnosis, you'd be irresponsible not to get a second opinion just because of what's at stake here, right? That's what I fault him for.
0: And I don't think he's really a germaphobe. I actually, I, I'll say I know he's not a germaphobe. He might have had some quirks about in the past, but have you seen what real the problems real germaphobes have like, like just howie in, mandel and stuff you like that yeah. he, he, donald trump is on stage he's not wearing a mask he's making fun of people who are or are wearing them he's been sharing microphones i mean he, if he was a real germaphobe we, we would have seen a man go catatonic a long time ago in a way that he just isn't so i don't know what quirks he had before but he's not a germaphobe
2: viewer Adolf Wittler says Bill Gates tries to launch a 2024 presidential bid but has to frequently reboot and update after several crashes. So <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about Bill Gates 2024?
1: Um, I've sell. had several. Why would he sell? Yeah. Why would he look at everything he's able to accomplish right? without running? Right. Yeah. I mean, he can he can own seven or eight heads of state. Why go through the process of an election? Hail right? Hydra. Indeed. We'll come back. More buy seller hold coming your way here with hour number two. Stay tuned. Back here with our number two, steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. And don't forget, if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample yourself and then share with others, go to youtube.com slash stevedace. That's youtube.com slash stevedace. Later today, we're going to stick around and do a little bonus mini episode for our Blaze TV subscribers. We call it the overtime. It's an exclusive for them. We're going to talk today about Trump's war with Twitter that is now flaming up. Is this one of those shiny objects, or is this one of those urination contests that uh, that we've got uh, a bone? Uh, we, we've got a dog in that uh, fight. We're going to talk about that today in the overtime. You don't want to miss it. Uh, if you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, you won't. Just stick around. It'll be posted later today at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you're not yet, though, a Blaze TV subscriber, you can go to that exact same website right now. BlazeTV.com slash Dace and get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV that'll give you today's overtime and all of the other exclusive content we do each day here at Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. And finally, don't forget those five-star reviews. The more of those we get on your podcasts, the more people that end up finding our podcast so that's how you can help us to help you please keep those coming thank you to the thousands of you that have left one of those for us already coming up at the bottom of the hour our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation Daniel Horowitz will join us until then let's get back to part two of Buy Sell or Hold brought to you by Rough Greens here's something you might not know about your dog's food that dry kibble stuff you know there's nothing alive in it They do the same thing with our dog's food they do with our food. That's why we're taking so many supplements today. Well, your dog needs it too because all those vitamins, nutrients, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes... They're kicked out of the dog's food for the same reason it's kicked out of ours because they want it on the shelf for a long life because of mass consumption and production. So if you're not looking for a new dog food, but a premium dog food supplement, try Rough Grains. You sprinkle it on your dog's food and it contains massive amounts of vitamins, minerals, and all of those things, even omega oils and antioxidants that help improve digestion, youthful energy, improve mobility and joint health, healthy skin and coat. On and on it goes, and you can try it right now for just $14.95 for 14 days. By the way, how's it taste? I don't know. I'm not a dog. I can tell you, though, our dog, Cap, absolutely loves this stuff. So take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge today for just $14.95 at roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. That's how it's spelled. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Aaron.
2: Up next is Paul Howard. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, Javanka is developing a new platform for the GOP. He says Javanka's new GOP platform will be the equivalent of Mitt Romney and Elise Stefanik having a baby.
1: Bye. Uh, If it goes unchecked, I will buy. Yeah, sure. Here's Here's the thing, though. Yeah. For years, we conservatives were obsessed with what the GOP party platform said, I mean, I, I mean, I used to, I used to say this myself, and then I'd have listeners say this to me. Well, Steve, vote for the platform, right? I used to say this myself. So while we were fixated on owning the platform committee, the, the, what, do you, what are we calling them now? Is it the deep state now, or the a swamp, or the establishment? What, what's the, at all? Hail Hydra. Thank you. All right, they ran all the steering committees. So so they decided where the money went, that they decided who got, which committee chairmanships, who was in charge. So I mean, we're over here, you know, we're over here doing like biblical exegesis with a with a party platform. They're, they're over here calling all the actual shots. So that that doesn't mean that what's put on a party platform isn't important. It just means it's not as important as the people that actually represent the party.
0: What's that Harvey Dent says about decent men in an indecent time, what's that? You thought we
1: could be decent yeah. men in yeah. an indecent time, yeah. Yeah, we need we need more steering committee types, less platform committees, because go where the power is. Who, who cares about writing a blog if they're not gonna follow up with it? You, 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 and I mean, even now I've got friends that will do like platform committee stuff with the state parties for like hours on like a Saturday. And I, I'm glad they don't ask me what I think anymore because I would tell them, I think you're wasting your time. Spend more time being on the committees that decide who are going to be the folks that determine if we're going to actually do the stuff in the platform. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where the power is at. That's where the power is. Go where the power is. Aaron. Aaron.
2: All right, next is Governor Ron's alligator emporium and sundries who says it doesn't matter what Biden says or does now. Once he picks his VP, 99.9% of media coverage will be directed her way, thus reducing him to an afterthought.
1: I think the percentage might be a little off, but the sentiment yeah. is exactly right on. Yeah, Yeah, Bye. yeah I, I can just tell you there's never, ever been... a When people say, I remember when people said, hey, I can't stand John McCain and I vote for Sarah Palin. I mean, we're coming with these rationalizations to just vote for terrible Republicans because we have, you know, communist Democrats, right? That never works. It's never worked in all of, in all, there's no piece of data that has ever shown running mates win you elections. If anything, they stand in your way, like Dan Quayle in 1988 with George Herbert Walker Bush, for example. This may be the year, as you like to say, the status quo is the status quo until it isn't anymore. This may be the year, though, that's not the case. Because he's weakened at Bernie's. Yes, yeah, and and everybody knows it. Yeah. every ev- Everyone knows this, guys. Everyone knows. They're not unawares over there. Everyone knows this. So this is somebody, this is going to be someone that could be seen as... President of the United States day one while checking some intersectionality boxes. All right. uh,
2: Moving on. I'm just here so I don't get fined, says Biden will not participate in a presidential debate with Trump before the election.
1: The only way that happens is if he's not the nominee. So that's really what you're asking is if they're going to swap out nominees. Um... I'm in, I, I, I was originally under the uh, belief that they would, but they have been successful in extending these lockdowns long enough now that they have really shortened his, his, his need to be out on the campaign trail. So I think the gambit now is what I just said. He's going to be irrelevant after the running mate is picked. All the money is, all of the energy is on who's that person because that's going to be the real candidate. So if that's the case, then there's no, but in the end, there's no way then that Joe Biden would escape being on a stage with John, with Donald Trump. No way. So I will sell.
0: I'm going to buy because even though it makes sense that Trump should want to get on that stage, I don't, I think Trump would actually like to find a way to weasel out of it too. Why? I, because he, I think he's Donald Trump. I think he did.
1: What? What? Do you think Donald Trump I wants think, to weasel away from standing in front of no, 170 million people?
0: I know, but I think he, he he often makes decisions that, despite the boatload of evidence before him, you just got done talking about. He he he's on the hook for why why doesn't he have people from Stanford on his team and all of those? Uh, he, considering what's at stake, I think he he may just rather just tweet and you know he's got people making some good commercials and just decide yeah we're, we're not, I mean he got rid of the press the um, the press secretary for a while doing anything now we got Kaylee McEnany in there but he
1: he and that's cl- I can't see th- Donald Trump I can passing s- up that level of spot him mean, he he's, this is he that's that's why he's running it's to do that not manage crises like this not to sit down with uh, you know the the Am you know enterprise zone and the uh, um, the the organization of American states and what is it Alec the the that governs the administration he, he doesn't care about any of that but the chance to sit there and own the stage and smack Joe Biden around with a frying pan for an hour and a half I I mean that's why he's doing this that's the ultimate ego trip I can't see him walking away from that. I can see him
0: getting it out He's just quixotic enough. And he, if he wakes up a certain day, and decides he wants to get that fix another way. And he has other ways. I can see him saying, there's yeah, no bigger
1: that- audience than those debates. That's the absolute, that's the biggest audience he could ever command. Even on Twitter, Oval Office address, uh, joint session of Congress. That's the largest audience he can command as those debates. Largest audience. I can't see him walking away from it, but Okay.
2: Aaron Rialli says the release of the Snyder Cut on HBO Max will allow Steve to put to rest his hatred of the Justice League film and finally get that childhood moment of joy he was robbed of.
1: So, I we have been Sell. so we have been so busy. I've not even had a chance to talk about this. But this is like major pop culture news. And so, what, what for those that don't know, or, and for the most of you that don't care, um, what happened is Zack Snyder was the Kevin Feige of the DC universe. He was, he was in charge of its overall story arc, and he launched it with Man of Steel, which I think is an, an incredible movie. It's outstanding. Yeah. Then, uh, in order to begin to expand the universe, they did Batman versus Superman, which I think, particularly the extended version, I just watched it again about a month or so ago. I think it's outstanding, 100. but I mean it touches on some real deep themes. But because it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it didn't, have, it didn't, it, it lacked the witty repart- repartee of the uh, of the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, It got trashed by critics, even though it made a like a billion dollars worldwide. That was to lead in. This is a five story arc of movies, and then Wonder Woman and Aquaman were going to be like in the universe, but they could all have their own self-contained universe on the side with their own people running those franchises. Okay. But this was a five movie arc beginning with man of steel, Batman versus Superman. And then the justice league film was going to be, the, what was going to happen with the assembling of the justice league would be the next three films and would introduce the rest of the universe, the green Lantern core and stuff like that. So they could then go off and do years and years and years of their own shared universe. Like what Marvel does. And, Towards the end of the of principal photography for this film, they might've even been done filming it, actually. They were in the middle, I think, of editing it. Um, Zach, I think it's Zack Snyder's oldest daughter committed suicide. And him and his wife are a film production team together. It devastated them, obviously. They, they thought, hey, like any parent, what, what did I miss? How did we not see this coming? And they backed away from the movie. And it wasn't quite finished yet. The, the people that were running Warner Brothers at the time, they're all gone now because they all got busted in Me Too stuff. The people that were running Warner Brothers at the time didn't like the movie that Snyder was making. Because they wanted to score 80% on Rotten Tomatoes and wanted critics to like it. So they wanted something that was more of a Marvel movie. So they viewed this as their chance to course correct now that Snyder was out of the picture. And they brought Joss Whedon in, who brought the who did the first two Avengers films for Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They brought him in to make this more like The Avengers. They ended up shooting over reshooting over half of the movie. And the problem was they they had issues because to do that, Henry Cavill was al- already off shooting Mission Impossible for which he had to grow a mustache. He could not take it off, so they had to try to get rid of it with CGI and then it made it look like he has this like weird smile and stuff on it. I mean they in order Warner Brothers so wanted to divorce themselves from Zack Snyder's uh vision, which whether you like it or not, those movies made Warner Brothers billions of dollars. It weren't it, it, these weren't like flops, guys. These were massive hits, okay? But they wanted they they wanted a they they it wasn't the average person support that they wanted. They wanted one particular group of people support the online uh, Rotten Tomatoes community and they wanted to make a movie that that w- was going to target that affirmation level and so what they ended up coming up with with Justice League uh, is is filming refilming over half the movie and it's a jumbled mess it's a McMovie it's insulting it, it's like a you know it's like you sent your mom to this to the sporting goods store uh, to get you know, to the, the, the new Jumpmans for your baske, high school basketball team. And she comes home with like Red Ball Jets or Kmart sliders. All right, that, that's, I mean, they're shoes, they'll work, but no, it's not what mom was supposed to go to the store for. All right. And that movie was a massive flop. It got a lot of people fired. and And thankfully, Aquaman and Wonder Woman were big enough hits that it rescued what was left of the DCU. So since this all went down, there have been what was it now three years ago that justice league came out. There's been, I think three years of, of an online demand to release the Snyder cut. Cause all this movie is still in a can somewhere just needs to be assembled. And finally the new people in charge at Warner brothers, not coincidentally today, they're launching their, their competitor, HBO max, which is the Warner brothers competition for Disney plus, right? So it's the Warner brothers film vault. Not coincidentally I'm sure they decided, you know, we could really use some some we could use our own Mandalorian. We, we you know, I mean, how many people subscribe to Disney Plus? How many people are like I already own every Disney movie on and need to subscribe to Disney Plus? And then when the Mandalorian started going viral like, dude, I got to subscribe to Disney Plus, right? I got to sure. get that. They fi- I think they figured out we need our own Mandalorian. Who are the most bankable characters that we have in all of the Warner Brothers you know, which goes back to the 1920s. It's the DC people. Because they have been, that's and, and so I think that they decided, and they're going to invest well over. I think it's like over thirty million is what they're saying, is what they're going to spend to finish this movie. And it's to, it's to, it's it's to come out next year to kind of give a, a second launch to HBO Max to give you next year another incentive to go ahead and subscribe. I wouldn't. Not, this movie is it, 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 it's it, since it was supposed to be three movies, it's five hours of filming. I mean, he filmed five hours for this movie because it's three movies. If I had to guess, they'll break it up into episodes like The Mandalorian, and they'll air them next year on HBO Max. And they're saying that it won't spawn any sequels or anything. I don't agree with that. There's no way they're going to introduce Darkseid, who Thanos is a ripoff of Darkseid. OK, Darkseid was like the original comic book galactic bad guy. And Marvel was like, we got to get one of our own guys. And they made Thanos after Darkseid was created. Okay, there's no way they're going to introduce Darkseid on HBO Max. And then after doing that, say, hey, we're just going to pretend like this movie never came out. If I had to guess, this movie will reset the storyboard of this universe. I don't think Zack Snyder will be back. I don't I do think that I, I don't think they'll like hand him the keys again. But I do think they recognize they went too far the other way when he left, and and it went off its moorings. I think they're going to use this to kind of reset this, where the story is going to go with this for the future, and that's why they agreed to do with it, agreed to go ahead and do it. On top of, they needed something to get you to subscribe to HBO Max.
0: I sold, and it's not that I'm not interested, but I sold because it's it's going to have to be quite an accomplishment to elevate even with all the changes that apparently were made. I don't know. Specifically. Do you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. It's a whole different movie. What Joss Whedon did is an entirely different movie.
0: I think it's, it's the, the, the the initial question was how much it was going to like alter your, opinion I think so much has been lost already and I also wonder you know have you had the stars spoken up at all yeah, about this? Yeah they've Maybe all been they, huge
1: proponents of this they? Okay so yeah. I wouldn't know but yeah. that's good Yeah but um, I'm going to yeah, by the this way is a big I'm, I'm going to buy you know why I'm going to buy I'm ready to love again
0: I'm Nah
1: you're not I'm ready to love again
0: You're a guy named Steve
1: you're I not. got I, I I you know it took me a while to mend my broken heart but I'm ready to love again
2: All right Uh, that's that's fun. That was fun. Uh, Michael uh, Michael uh, Piper says uh, everyone that canceled mid to late summer events will regret doing so. As seventy five percent of the country will be back to one hundred percent open as of July fourth.
0: I'll I'll sell because there's it's a both and it's going to be schizophrenic. For a long time. And more and more... I mean, look at the the, the Lake Geneva thing. All those people wandering around. Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. MSNBC yeah, video. Yeah. But there's the level of paranoia that's still going to be going on by a significant enough group. I, I just don't think it's going to be all one way or the other. This is a, going to be a level of coexisting. And that... Well, that's not even... They're going to be in the same country together, but coexisting... No, we, there's too many Karens going on.
1: I think you are... So tell me if you think I need this means I need to buy or sell, what he said. Because I think the framework... What's his name again? Uh, Michael Pfeiffer. All right, so Michael... I think the framework of, of what you've postulated is 100% accurate. That the vast majority of this country is going to be back to normal and want to pretend like this never happened and let's get on with our lives, okay? However... I think you have also at the same time underestimated the it's, it's not going to be as many people as probably you think you already are. You're already seeing it. The commissioner of the PAC 12 coming out yesterday and saying, yeah, we got unanimity. We're all playing football this year. Okay. There there's, there's yes. Shut down forever until my meal ticket is taken away. Right, you're seeing that group is eroding right now. You're, that's the group that's eroding now. As you're seeing that group is saying, "Well, yeah, I hate Donald Trump, but not as much as I love me some me." You know what I'm saying? That group is eroding right now,
0: but it's 2020, not 2019.
1: Agreed. But the group that will remain won't be a large group. Like it's not a large group of people to watch MSNBC. They're just heavily committed to it. Yeah. Okay. The group that will remain will be a scant minority. But in terms of their ferocity, they will do whatever it takes to make you think that they are legion when they are not. That group is not giving up. They're the Millerites. They're Harold Camping followers. They're they, they they're buying every Hal Lindsey book. They are not giving up their apocalypse. They need it, want it, and need it to happen on Donald Trump's watch. Yeah, you're selling for the same reasons I am. So is that a buy or a sell? That's a sell. Okay, all right. Uh, Constitutional A-Hole
2: says New York Jets signing Joe Flacco is the best move they could have made this offseason to help Darnold learn the game. That's Sam
1: Darnold. Uh, I'm going to sell. Flacco's now saying he's not going to be ready for the start of the year. Sam Darnold's actually played pretty well. I agree. He he needs weapons. Yeah. I mean, he's running for his life. He's got no one to hand off to. He had one good receiver, Robbie Anderson, to let him go. He's got to get some weapons. You don't, you don't, if you learn anything from what the Colts did with Peyton Manning, you don't, and, and you're seeing the 49ers do it now with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is the frustration with Aaron Rodgers. If you're, when you, if you think you have an elite quarterback, now I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's an elite quarterback, but the 49ers do, and their opinion matters more than mine. So if you think you have your elite franchise quarterback, give him weapons, surround him with weapons. And the Jets haven't done that. So I, I'm, I don't, I don't have any issue with Sam Darnold at all. And I think right now he's a far better quarterback than Joe Flacco, even up. So excel. So.
0: Yeah, Joe Joe Flacco hasn't even been the answer when Joe Flacco right. could have arguably. Like 2015 yeah, no, called
1: and wants its hot take back? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Blues won the Stanley Cup, says Gretchen Whitmer's husband didn't actually rake any leaves this weekend. And they likely don't even own a rake.
1: I, yeah, unless raking leaves is a euphemism for something else within the private intimacies of, the, of their marriage, I don't think he raked any leaves. I agree with you on that, yeah.
2: AU Tigers 89 says, football stadiums will be at full capacity by midseason. I actually think there's a bigger chance of this happening than, than people might think.
1: I, anywhere or, or comprehensively?
2: Uh, anywhere, but I would say like the majority.
1: Comprehensively, I'm going to sell. Um, but I do think that could happen in some places. We've talked about this before. Do I, do I think there's going to be, do I think at Tiger stadium on November 7th or whatever it is, when Alabama comes in, the comes, comes playing at, in Baton Rouge at the defending national champions, gonna be like, we'll, we'll take on Nick Saban with 30,000 people in the stands. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. And do I, do I think at the iron bowl? they're going to say it's in Tuscaloosa this year when they go down to Bryant Denny stadium and Auburn comes in for the iron bowl and you want to get revenge for beating them last year that they're going to say, Hey, we can't have more than 25,000 people in here. Do I think that's going to happen down there? Not unless you want to see some people that work in public administration die. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Do I think there's going to be places like Michigan and Washington state, and California, where that could happen? Yeah, I do. So do I. Bye.
2: Chuck Gregory says with the return of team sports, NHL confirmed yesterday, MLB and NBA pending late July through August will be the equivalent of a nonstop bender for sports fans.
1: I, I will buy on that. Yeah. I think it's, it's looking like that. Yeah. It's kind of weird at the time of year where you're like, you like being out in the heat, but then after a while you're like, I want to come back in, but there's never anything on. I think there's going to be a crap ton of stuff on this summer. I mean, I absolutely, I will buy that. Yeah. I mean, that's right on the money. I'll buy, but it's like
0: baseball, the, the levels of brokenness in that sport and its inability to get out of its own way. It might be happening without baseball.
1: I'll even throw this out there. I don't be shocked. I don't have any source on this. Okay. Just reading tea leaves. Don't be shocked if you find out the college football season's going to start a few weeks earlier too. You're already seeing these schools kind of rearrange their fall semesters so they can have students on campus and try to get them off campus before the flu season comes back, right? To, they're all doing it, whether it's Texas, one of the biggest public schools in the country, or Notre Dame, maybe the richest private school in the country. They're all doing it for the same reason, football. They want to make sure they can cash the check that football season has. I wouldn't be shocked if they decide, why are we going to wait around until Labor Day to play? NFL is not going to play. I don't think you're going to see NFL preseason games. I don't think you'll see those. I think you'll see some teams practice together, but like actual preseason games and stuff, I don't think you'll see those. So, you know, I I, I could see college football getting together and saying, hey, we're bringing everybody back by mid-June. We're going to start the season on August 15th. We're not going to stay around here and wait till Labor Day. I could see that too.
0: Hmm. Mm, I can see it in one sense. The coaches, though, they're Why? just...
1: They, they're cuss- coaches will have no say in this. All it'll the, administrators uh, are going to make every call if the coaches had to say they'd have been practicing this entire time.
0: Well, they, yeah, but they would be practicing this entire time because they're creatures of habit. And they actually believe that crap. We need six months. You don't need six months. You've been tra- conditioned to believe you need that. If they really wanted football that bad, they would have said, you know, we're going to do dirt and bottle caps this year. Um, I mean, there's just they, coaches, it, it, college football, all sports. They they believe all kinds of fictions, because of how they've been conditioned, the more this thing has become um, turned into a business. I just, I, I, they, they say a lot of nonsense a lot of times in all sports with a lot of degree of certainty and gravitas. And so that's, that's where I hit the pause button. On some levels, I think this is more than possible and a smart idea. I just think the psychology involved in some of the personalities, I don't know if they're going to be able to get themselves there. I I wish you were right. I wish I could also
1: see, you know, you you start the season earlier. You still have the same amount of games. It still ends about the same time, but you have more bye weeks in there, more time to test things of that nature. I don't know. We'll see.
2: Uptick Mick says Twitter needs Trump more than Trump needs Twitter. So
1: I think people, we don't understand politically. Politically. Trump is in a world on Twitter by himself, but folks, I mean, Um, he ain't Justin Bieber. He ain't Taylor Swift. I mean, the, the audiences that these people accumulate on Twitter, Twitter doesn't really need Trump. It's afraid of Trump as it should be. All right. Because he's the president of the United States and he can make their business practice a living hell. That's what this is about. Don't be shocked. If three seconds after Donald Trump leaves the white house, he's permanently banned from Twitter. That's something we'll talk about today in the overtime, but Twitter doesn't need Trump at all. I mean, what these folks, 80% of Twitter accounts are outside of the US. Trump is a hassle to them because they want to ban him. They want to run him, but they can't because he can make their life suck because he's the most powerful man in America. So don't be shocked when he's no longer the most powerful man in America. If he gets banned in 10 minutes, don't be shocked. He's right.
2: Uh, Jennifer Harris. Wow, I'm going to make you do this with like 60 seconds left. Uh, Jennifer Harris says between late February and mid March, key Democrats were in communication with Fauci about his position on the COVID. This explains the 180 and why a lockdown was perceived to be crucial to
1: take out Trump.
0: I'll buy. It's a, a variable. It's possible.
1: We 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 have to get the answer. To what happened between the time that Anthony Fauci wrote this was going to be a bad seasonal flu in the New England Journal of Medicine. This wasn't like a Facebook post. He wasn't like, this is the frigging New England Journal of Medicine, guys. All right? It's the Oracle of American healthcare. And he's writing in there, it's going to be a bad seasonal flu. And then 11 days later, he goes to Congress and says, it's Captain Tripps. We have to know what happened there. We must know. And I'm going to be telling members, friends of mine, like Chip Roy, Ted Cruz, y'all be getting calls from me. I want hearings. We need to know the answer to this. America has to know what did he know and when did he know it? What changed? So until I can, unless you're going to tell me like the aliens told him to do it, anything short of that, I will buy because we don't really know. We don't know what changed and we need to know. All right, we're going to come back. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz will be joining us here when we return. Stay tuned. Be honest, since the lockdowns started, did you go from resolved to finally get your health Under control to that quarantine 15. Well, now that the warmer weather is here, let's hit the reboot button for 2020. Let's make May the new January and get back on the wagon with doctor developed Riduzone. It's an excellent way to curb cravings for those fatty foods that derail your discipline. Backed by two U.S. patents, Riduzone is the only FDA accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you to feel full faster and burns stored fat while Riduzone. Reducing your calorie intake, so Riduzone can make it easier to resist those cravings that make it so hard to stay with your resolution. If you want to give Riduzone a shot, now's the time. You can only get it at Riduzone.com, the website. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Go there right now. Use the promo code Steve to save up to sixty-five percent off of your order. Up to 65% off your order, plus they'll throw in the free shipping as well, when you use promo code Steve at RidUZone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for RidUZone.com. Let's get to our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz is here with us. You have a story out today for Conservative Review. So last week, Daniel, you and I sat here lamenting how our CDC is the absolute worst Least transparent. I maybe trust them only in skosh above China for data. And that we've been getting better data from all over the world except our own government. Why don't they want to show it to us? Well, on Friday, they showed us the data. And I think now we know why. Because it shows that unless you are governed by a New York State politician or living in a nursing home, this is just, as we were told not to say from the beginning, it really is just a bad flu season. Well, now there is new data coming out about spread and infection and asymptomatic spread. Remember the original fear for why everything had to be locked down is all of these healthy people with their asymptomatic spread would all gather together at these large gatherings and then take it home and kill the elderly, except for all the ones we killed in the nursing homes while locking them down. Tell us about this story that you have out today, Daniel.
3: Sure. So there's really three legs of the stool. There's the infection fatality rate. There's who this targets and there's how it is transmitted and there's no inherent pre-existing condition to lying on one of the legs of the stool more than the other. So the chances are, if you're lying on one, you're probably getting it wrong on the others. So, I mean, now now it's been proven, obviously the IFR is so much lower, it's 0.2 even according to CDC, but even then it's really 0.001 for most people, and then Cuomo's nursing home bonanza that killed everyone on the other side of the ledger. As far as the transmission, there's a lot of very important um, questions kind of quirks that we're seeing with the virus on the one hand it seems to cut through like butter very you know contagious even people like me were saying well you know it's it's probably the ifr somewhere near the flu for most people um except for the most vulnerable but you know it does affect a lot more people quicker so you do you need to be more careful to some degree but then it seems to hit a brick wall okay every single country Has the same curve in fact an israeli mathematician uh predicted about six weeks ago that this would peak everywhere in six weeks and go away after 70 days we're seeing that everywhere some places based on what they did based on their population density demographics lifestyle the way they count their deaths what they did with their nursing homes they might have a steeper curve of deaths but the duration of that curve that bell curve is the same thing everywhere literally everywhere it doesn't matter the question is, why would you hit that brick wall after ten percent of the population? Don't you need seventy percent to achieve herd immunity? And the other question is, as you mentioned, now that we're discovering that when we test bomb everyone, even nursing homes, but certainly with younger people in prisons, we find out that often ninety five percent are asymptomatic, certainly at least seventy percent in a given area are asymptomatic or or mildly symptomatic if you want to add that in, it's a little bit of a semantic um, designation. The question is, Steve, shouldn't this have spread, I don't know, to 100 million people, 200 million people in America and, and extrapolate the same thing globally? You know, This thing could run, skip, jump, swim, catch you anywhere. And especially now that The parking lot of every
1: Lowe's in America has been full for the last three months, right?
3: Yeah. Why didn't we just
1: get a Lowe's spread when we sent all these asymptomatic kids home from school in March? Why didn't we get a massive contagion spread from that, right? Is that what you're asking?
3: Exactly. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a very good question because, you know, they were playing up asymptomatic. I've been playing it up even more. I think there's even more asymptomatic people than the CDC wants to recognize. And- I think what we're starting to learn is that each virus has its own quirk. And there was nothing about this virus that was going to be fundamentally different from a microbiological, vir- 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 virological, epidemiological standpoint than any other virus we've seen. And that it, you don't need to cut through 80% of the population before it burns out. Most recent viruses we have seen, like SARS, H1N1, they kind of go away after a few the months. First,
1: this is sars too. The first SARS literally went away. In it March. went away. In March, by late March, the WHO had travel restrictions to everywhere in, in, in Asia and, and everywhere in North America other than the United States. By the time we got to the middle of August, all those travel restrictions all over the world had been lifted. It just went away. It,
3: it, it, exactly. So, look, I mean, until now, I've, I was very confident in what I'm saying in terms of the What? I'm not a doctor. I don't understand this stuff. But we are public policy analysts, and you can look at data, and you can look at what actually happened in the world. And this is clearly happening. The why, I think there's the convergence of two important theories here. And one is the way it transmits, and one is inherent immunity, cross-immunity from other coronaviruses. So let's first go with the cross-immunity theory. So what seems to be clear is that this hits a brick wall after about 10% in most places. Maybe you get a place like New York City will hit 25%. And the only logical explanation I have seen are these studies that have shown these T4 um, T cells that are these proteins that give off immunity to, to fight a virus. They're not antibodies, but they give partial immunity to fight a virus. And they found it even in people that didn't have the virus. And the, the 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 theory is, and this is nothing new to coronavirus, it was true of H1N1, that viruses in the same category, in the same family, give off some degree of partial immunity. So evidently, and I never knew this, but evidently there are several common colds, not just SARS and MERS, some of the big viruses, but common colds that are forms of coronaviruses. And a certain number of people, perhaps 30 to 50%, have gotten them in recent years. And they have those T cells. Now, what it seems like it does is that more than straight-up immunity, where literally you can't get it again. So if you would test the guy you swab swabbing, he would test negative. No, they could get it, and you could test positive. But that would possibly explain the asymptomatic nature of this. Why such a massive percentage, whenever we've seen this, are asymptomatic because or mildly symptomatic because it wards it off. And that would explain why the serology tests aren't picking this up. It detected a much wider um, percentage that have had the virus, but nothing like 50 70% of a given area. But could it be that 50% of a given area are partially immune? And that's why people either aren't getting it or some are indeed getting it but they're getting it asymptomatically. Um, That would explain why in Asia, they seem to have a remarkably low death rate. And you could say they didn't do stupid things like we did. Because they're exposed
1: to coronaviruses, SARS viruses, all these kinds of contagions all
3: of the time, right? More so than even we are. And that, Japan is actually is, is
1: Japan I think the first industrialized industrialized nation to lift its emergency order. I think Japan's the first one.
3: It, it, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. They did not do a lockdown. They did not do mass testing. They avoided super spreading events and and really the key is avoiding super spread and doing it early when it matters. That's really the only thing that could help. And obviously keeping it out with the travel restrictions. Beyond that, once it's in, it's in. Once it spreads, it spreads. But I think they are healthier maybe genetically. They're thinner people. But I mean, dude, like they have one out of 156th of our death rate. It, it, It just something has to be more fundamental there. And I think that's a big part of it. But another way is in terms of the spreading. And there's another theory now that this does not spread from coughing and sneezing on someone. Which would engender the six feet and the mass and everything. Mm-hmm. It's little aerosols that are lighter, that are suspended. They can get in much easier. See, I could sneeze all y- all over you, Steve. But this is and you can get an upper respiratory infection. That's how you get colds. You know anyone who has kids knows you get colds. But the question is, why don't kids transmit? I mean that, that's, that's become clear. They don't seem to transmit in, in meaningful ways. If they do, it's very low numbers. Every study unrefuted has shown that. One German study attempted to refute it. It got blown up. It showed the opposite. The German media is all over that now. Why don't they transmit? And I think, you know, we know with the flu and colds, they'll sneeze all, all over you. But Steve, this is a lower respiratory infection. It's coming from the recesses of the lungs, from the transmitter and from the transmitter, the receiver. It has to get in, getting in large droplets directly in to you is like getting a, a basket and, 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 you know, a three quarters court half court shot. It could happen, but it's not going to happen in large numbers very often to to really um, explain the degree of spread. So I think the initial spread, what it makes sense, Steve, is simply It's ventilation. So outside you have stuff suspending in the air. It blows it away indoors with poor ventilation mm-hmm. is where it's going to come. Poor vent- so the ventilation is a bigger deal than the mask because if, if you have good ventilation, you're not going to have anything. If you don't, even if you wear a mask, they're microorganisms. It so will get that, in. That,
1: that's why I've been saying no outdoor event anywhere in America, anywhere should be canceled. Yep. Um, Except maybe the parking lot of a nursing home. If you, if you want to find one <laughs> short of that, no outdoor event anywhere should be canceled, and we should be, we should actually be moving as many indoor events outdoors for the next couple of months as we possibly can.
3: As we possibly can. And, yeah. and again, this this is a crude theory, but putting it all together, now let's come full circle. I don't, and, and maybe people have a theory, I don't understand in my brain why a child would inherently be different than an, than an adult, and I think that's why some liberals have scoffed at it. But the reality is we see what we see. We see they're not transmitting. So the answer to this would be it's a redundant manifestation of asymptomatic. It's not that kids inherently can't transmit it. It's that kids almost never get a serious lung infection. So they can't transmit that like any other asymptomatic adult, which seemingly from a recent study of 455 contacts of an asymptomatic person didn't transmit. Likely it could happen just like it could happen probably with a kid. Very small numbers, not uh, not accounting for any meaningful. In, another wor- of, in any other
1: words, threat. if your kid has bronchitis, there's a lot less of a chance you're going to catch bronchitis from your kid than if your kid's got a cold or the flu or something like that.
3: Right. That That that's the thing. That is exactly the thing. It would have to come. But 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 here's the deal, Steve. They're not getting it. The kids themselves aren't getting it from their lungs, so they can't Im- emit those aerosols to you because they don't really have them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would explain asymptomatic. That would explain it, and that would explain in the prisons, how even even in the prisons where the ventilation homeless maybe shelters,
1: where ninety percent are testing positive and they're almost all asymptomatic, they're almost all asymptomatic.
3: Yeah. And and Steve, let me just bring this all full circle with one final theory their question to us is this all right your ifr is low fine but look we cut through 100,000 people just clawing our way to let's say 10 percent well look you know if this is the the end of the first inning don't we have to go another seven eight innings get to 70 80 percent don't we have to kill our, you know aren't another 700 800,000 people gonna die before you achieve what you want to achieve now let's just submit that it's not like they have a, a better solution it's not like they have a way to yeah, stop it. Yeah, their solution it. is to
1: stay home until we have a vaccine we may never have. That's their solution. And, 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 yeah. and,
3: and as, as you talked about on your show yesterday, we I talked about it as well, you're going to kill God knows how many more people with that anyway. Mm-hmm. So everyone agrees it's not feasible. But what this, the preponderance of this evidence and all these observations would indicate that this might be the entire ball game. This might essentially be the only inning that the virus got the people it could get, and it is over with. And time will tell if that's true. Mm-hmm. But this would show that because, Steve, the big, this is the big question. What would happen if you take the virus and you expose all 330 million Americans to it, all 8 billion people in the world to it? How many more people would die? Possibly the answer is not that many more people because I think prisons are a good case study. Well, Daniel, it also
1: shows how Sweden, which did focus on their elderly... And leave the Gen Pop alone, still has 70% of their deaths in nursing homes, right? That would explain that. Even with that effort, there is a particularly vulnerable uh, population that once it's in your culture, it's going to run its course. But then once it runs its course course through that population, it's, 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 it's a brick wall at that point.
3: It, it, it hits a brick wall, which is why many think you could achieve herd immunity from 7 to 24%. And until now, I really haven't understood that, why the Swedes think they've gotten it in Stockholm. And I think this is the answer, because think about prisons. That is your universe. That is your simulation of taking an entire isolated, confined, and defined population right. and exposing them all to a virus. Well, what's the result? Very few deaths, certainly not more, a greater share than the general population with similar uh, characteristics. And here's the funny thing, the final point I wanna make on your show is this. Quickly, go ahead. Why is it that 95% seem to be asymptomatic, whereas elsewhere it's a lot, 50 to 70%. Because again, I think because they're all confined, they all got it. So the, new, the denominator is much larger, and the increasing number of people who get it thereafter are the ones that have that partial immunity. It first goes to the vulnerable population, and that is why once you get 100%, if you were to get 330 million Americans attacked with this, it could very well be you would find the asymptomatic numbers at 95%.
1: Great stuff, my friend. Uh, You can read that analysis today over at Conservative Review. Also, uh, Daniel's got that out on his social media as well. Good to see you, brother. God bless. Take care. Take care. Any very quick thoughts on that before we have to get out of here? Daniel used
0: a word. He said, this is very crude. It's the opposite of that. Daniel has jumped through the gym smart and he's not afraid of anything. But still, we've been exposed to what medicine really is that he's meant to feel like, gosh, am I supposed to be connecting these dots? You're damn right you are. And so are doctors and so is real science. And the fact that that didn't happen is the biggest problem we're dealing with.
1: That'll do it uh, for today's show. We're going to stick around for the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
2: On the Blaze Radio
1: Network.